Hi ladies and welcome to the Amazing Bible Dot Book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today we are finishing up Proverbs with the last two chapters, number 30 and 31. Verse 1 of chapter 30 starts, The word of Eger, the son of Jacob, the oracle. Or it could be translated, the prophecy, the utterance, or the burden. The man spoke unto Ithiel, even unto Ithiel and Yukal. Now, truth is, these names, as well as King Lemuel in chapter 31, are not mentioned anywhere else in the Old Testament, or anywhere else in the Bible, for that matter. Great speculation is argued as to who these men are, from non-Hebrew kings to nicknames for Solomon to helpers of Solomon, but the truth is we do not know, and that's okay with me. I love not having all the answers because it reminds me that God does know all the answers and I will just rest in that wonder. Verses 1 through 4 starts off with a burden and with questions about life and wisdom. And he is asking, surely you know, surely you know these answers. Then the writer says in verses 5 and 6, Every word of God is tested. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words or he will reprove you and you will be proved a liar. Then verses 7 through 9, Agar says, Two things I asked of you. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep deception and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me the food that is my portion, that I may not be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or that I not be in want and steal and profane the name of my God. This has the same feel as the last few chapters of Job when God and Job had their discussion. And then chapter 30 goes into some regular proverbs about slaves, masters, fathers, mothers, and our pride. Then we see five numerical proverbs. In verses 15 through 17, we see three, no four, things that are never satisfied. Sheol, earth, fire, and the eye of a mocker. In verses 18 and 20, there are three, no four, things that are too wonderful. The way of an eagle in the sky, the way of a serpent on a rock, the way of a ship in the middle of a sea, and the way of a man with a maid. Verses 21 through 23, there are three, no four, things that shakes the earth. A slave when he becomes a king, a fool when satisfied with food, an unloved woman when she gets a husband, and a maidservant when she surplants her mistress. In verses 24 through 28, there are four things that are small but exceedingly wise, ants, badgers, locusts, and lizards. In 29 through 33, there are three, no, four, four that are stately in their march. 
the lion, the strutting rooster, the male goat, and a king when his army is with him. One thing to notice, with verses 15 and 16, verse 17 seems to add on to those two verses. And that's the same with verses 18 and 19. 20 sort of adds on to that. And then also verses 32 and 33 to verses 29 through 31. Yet, in this last one, instead of explaining it more clearly, it seems to be a warning against pride and strutting. If you have been foolish in exalting yourself, or even worse, if you have plotted evil, put your hand on your mouth. Why? Because if you churn or agitate milk, it produces butter. If you smack or press the nose, it will bleed. So the churning of anger produces strife. It's interesting that chapter 30 begins and ends with a type of burden. Chapter 31 are the words of King Lemuel, the oracle or the prophecy or burden which his mother taught him. Then verses 1 through 9 are directions given to the king. The burden of the kingship is for the people, not for himself. So the king should not do anything or be with anyone that should cloud his just judgment. The king is to open his mouth for those who cannot speak for themselves. And he is to fight for the rights of the unfortunate, the afflicted, and the needy. And out of his mouth should come righteous judgments. We then arrive at what is often called the Proverbs 31 woman. I know of one senior woman who said, If your hubby preaches my funeral, don't let him preach from Proverbs 31. For her, she saw this passage as untainable and a burden. But I look at this passage as endless possibilities. The style of this proverb is an acrostic. Starting with verse 10, each line starts with the letters of the Hebrew alphabet in order. It begins with, who can find a virtuous wife? In my Hebrew dictionary, the word for virtuous says this, probably a force, whether of men, means, or other resources, an army, wealth, virtue, valor, strength, able, activity, band of men or soldiers, company, strong, substance, train, valiant, valor, virtuous, war, worthy. Some translations say an excellent wife, but when I look at the Hebrew dictionary, it says so much more than that, and her price is more than rubies. So what is this list of qualities she has? Her husband trusts her. She does him good and not evil. She seeks materials and works with her hands. She brings food from afar. She gets up at dark to prepare for her household. She buys property. She plants a vineyard. She strengthens herself. She knows her merchandise is good. Her candle doesn't go out at night. She spins and sews. She's kind to the poor. She's not afraid of snow, for she is prepared. And she's not afraid of the future, because she is ready. She has fine goods in her home. She sells her products. 
She wears both strength and honor. She speaks wisdom and the law of kindness. She teaches. Her kids and her husband call her blessed. It ends with many daughters have done virtuously, but you excel them all. The definition for favor or charm says graciousness, kindness, favor, or object beauty, favor, grace, pleasant, precious, well-favored. So charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, who does what? A woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. And praised is halal, where we get the word hallelujah. Verse 31, give her of her fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. See Hassel Bullock in an introduction to the Old Testament poetic book said, this extended poem on the significance of the mother and wife balances out the social spectrum of the book of Proverbs very well. And lest the male-dominated language of the book appear to excuse the woman of society from religious obligations, this poem puts the joyful yoke of religious observance upon the woman too. In the New Testament in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we learn that each person is gifted differently and we are to use the gifts that God has given us for his glory. Just as we are not to compare ourselves with each other, so should we not compare ourselves to the Proverbs 31 woman. Instead, let's be encouraged for the door she has opened for us to follow. And the main thing is she fears the Lord. And that is the key to true wisdom. And we see that sprinkled throughout Proverbs. In the New Testament, Paul the Apostle says of Jesus Christ, that in him are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So let's go to him. Who has the treasures of wisdom and knowledge? The Lord Jesus. So let's ask him what he wants us to do today. Where does he want us to go? What kind of job does he want us to have? To whom are we to talk to? Let's pray that he guides our steps and let us not harden our hearts and go our own way. Instead, let's be women who fear the Lord and pray and obey. Until next time, and thanks so much for listening.